Do you need? Do you want something put over it or? Whoa! <laughs> Excellent start. <laughs> it's a live one. How are you, Naomi? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. In the festive spirit. Oh my goodness, this is very exciting. This is our Christmas special. Yay. Happy podcast Christmas, Naomi. Happy podcast Christmas. <laughs> if that's a thing or whatever. Well, it is now, yeah. Yeah, and you won't appreciate this anymore, but we are sporting some very festive jumpers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I... Like, I've only bought about two or three Christmas jumpers in my adult life that I just wear again and again and yeah, again. me too, but that's the sustainable way of doing it. Exactly. That is very true. Maybe I'll do, like, a, a vintage if I wanted to ever swap it. I actually bought a, did buy a new Christmas T-shirt this year. Did you? Yeah, it's got wham on it, saying <laughs> last Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. You're such a child of the 80s, it's great. Oh. It's so good. This is podcast six of our season one, and I think we've decided we're going to start a new season next year yes because that will be really nice and we will be releasing one very 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 early January so we will release it as a new season how exciting Naomi I have an opening discussion thing for you okay (laughs) this is going to be really weird because I think as you're listening to this everyone you're not going to appreciate this fully but I have a a quiz Uh, you know Christmas is all about quizzes and I have a quiz (laughs) well sometimes sometimes I love a quiz so I'm going to a party tonight, a house party tonight. Yeah. And the theme was dress up as a film that was released in December. Right, yeah. So it's quite a big, big list. And, and you know, hats off to uh, Bex and Ross for picking this theme. It was a good theme. Actually, Bex and Ross are the people that I went to see Tarantino live with. Oh. So, you know, it's all mixing back into the <laughs> podcast. Um, so I picked my character that I'm going as but I want to show you a prop I'm excited and you are going to guess what I'm going she as brought a prop in. I have to close my eyes <laughs> so this, this is a grand reveal <laughs> so I'd like you to kind of describe what you see when I show it to you for our listeners and then I want you to try and guess what I've done I feel like it does need a bit more tweaking to it but Hopefully you'll get it I don't know are you ready yeah okay this is my prop <laughs> oh it's Homemade? Yeah, 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 very homemade, Naomi. I made them last night. So it's like a tray, yeah, a cardboard covered in tinfoil (laughs) tray, two, and then like two like cardboard pots on it. What are they? What are they? Well, this isn't meant to be open, so like keep it closed. Yeah, what are they? Button, like meant to be like robot buttons, (laughs) big ones. They're not big (laughs) robot buttons, no. See that that one essentially does have a kind of look of a finger. I mean, it See, doesn't. I've just like scratched a, oh, on top. They're like a a box of fingers. <laughs> what? I don't know. No. Do do they? Do you not get like pie vibes from them? Oh. <laughs> but they're. Um, I do now. Yes. Do you? I mean, are you just? So are you going? Like Sweeney Todd. I'm not going to Sweeney Todd. Oh, but like Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was really like a nice link to like Michael Ball and everything we've tried about. So are you saying that my pies don't look very melodical? Who in it? They do. They do. And you're but you're dressed up as well. Right? I am. Yeah. I am. So um I I do I'm gonna put my little props away. Um I do also have my hair very scrunched today, uh circa 
Helena Bonham Carter from the film. Mm -hmm. But yes, a little factoid for everyone, the Tim Burton Sweeney Todd was released in December. Oh, there we go. And that's what I'm going as. So uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, and I will be taking my robot buttons with me. <laughs> I just, uh, it was confusing out of context. <laughs> <laughs> we will take a picture of the props and put them on our... Yes. Instagram and no one will understand why yeah and that will be very fun for us so I was just going to mention a couple of cultural things I've seen that we're not reviewing but ah. um worth mentioning obviously we saw Emma in her Andram of the ah. Tomb of the View yeah that was good fun. fun evening out yes I'm not reviewing it that would be rude yes I don't want you to review it <laughs> that'd be way too all good but it was a nice pub that one nice it was pub. a lovely pub yeah so that's the Drayton Arms in mm -hmm. just from South Kent it's a yeah. lovely little pub theatre. Yeah, we ate there and then we mm. watched, had some... You had some money off, didn't you, if you ate there, did you? Yes. Yeah, you yeah. had some money off. You had to be seeing the play, yeah. But I like that. A lot of pubs do that. And actually, we do that a lot with um, Play Dead as well, um, with the murder mystery stuff, where we use a pub venue and we say, give them some money off and they might come for food. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, and when we did, so yeah. it's worth it. Bad. Speaking of pub theatre, mm. in November, I also saw Hanging Around, which was a one-woman play at the old Red Lion Theatre. Oh. And it starred Stacey Evans. And it was very enjoyable. And um, I I know we talked about this last time, mm. about one person. Yeah. I think they do work. Good. But the person in it has to be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, which Stacey was. So that's true. Was I mean, yeah, that is very true, actually. And I have seen, I was sort of reflecting on that after we talked about it. And actually, I have seen an awful lot of very, very good one man woman people awesome. shows yeah and I think pub theatres is like a big thing and yes very they're small, so they're intimate it's a good place for people to like you know hone their productions yeah uh I saw my friend Lauren in a show at right next to Islington Tube is that when that no, wasn't Old Red Lion was it yeah this is Old Red Lion right Islington Tube like Islington Highbury and Islington Tube but yeah I I, I love it a pub theatre has just got such charm about it. Yes. And yeah. uh, long may they continue and have great things. We've done, did a show there last year um, with Southside Players uh, of Consent at the White Bear. And that's a really lovely little pub venue. Mm. It's like a 40-seater. It's cute. Yeah. And you've got money off food. Win-win. There you go. Great. Well, that gets us started. Um, so, Naomi, well, let's do some reviews, shall we? Um, and I'm going to just check my list. Um so do you want to start with one that I was meant to go to with you and I got my dates wrong? Yes, Emma oh. ditched me. <laughs> but it's all right, I brought in a sub. <laughs> uh, me and Justin uh, went to see Lizzie at the Southwark Playhouse at Elephant. So it is a different mm. Southwark Playhouse from the one that me and Emma have been to numerous times. And loved. And it is a newer theatre, I think. Did it have the same charm as the Elephant and Castle one, do you think? Hang on, with this note, so we saw we we borough. Yeah. So does it have the same charm as borough? Do you think? Um, it's yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, people that work there are all very nice, mm. and um, they've got a yeah, nice bar, but it's just new, and they've got I would say better toilets. Oh, more, more plenty more toilets. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. That's what you're after. <laughs> That's why you go to theatre to go to a good toilet. Um, and I said the, the theatre went well. This is how it was. This was staged, but it was quite long, I would say. And um, but I think bigger. I think it seats more. Right. And so is it end on? So audience one side, performance the other. Um, uh, 
in the around three oh like a thrust a thrust like a three-sided theater okay cool yes nice. and they had well we'll go into it whilst we're looking at it the band above but it's quite a small band but then the uh, drummer was actually backstage somewhere oh but we you couldn't see the drummer but she came out to bow at the end oh interesting yeah so you could see like the three like no no space for a drummer yeah no space space up there (laughs) (laughs) nice so we went to see it on a tuesday so um the main character of lizzie was actually played by the alternate which was emma louise hoey so just because normally it's Lauren Drew. Oh, we do love Lauren Drew. We do love Lauren Drew. But I've got to say, Emma was really also good. amazing. Well, as, as they always are. I mean, like, everyone in it is amazing. So many alter- alternate alternates. Alternates are as oh, good. Yeah, I mean, as I saw Lauren Byrne play the alternate Cinderella Ooh. when we saw Carrie Hope Fletcher play Cinderella. Yes. And again, she gave such a different but equally I didn't wonderful. realise you've seen that twice. Yeah, I took my mate. Big fan. <laughs> I know. Carry on. Sorry. Um, no. <laughs> um, uh, directed, might as well say this, directed, choreographed by William w- Wilton. Mm. It is like a punk rock musical about Lizzie Borden, who was uh, an American who was accused of murdering her father and stepmother oh, yeah, with you, an axe. You put this on like an Instagram, a yes. little po- sneaky poem. I loved it. Yes, and I would say in this production, she very much does do it. <laughs> There's no spoilers. No, she did it. It's an all-female company Love that. of uh, four women. And and so, like, the characters of the stepdad, no, of the dad and the stepmom aren't, they do not appear on stage. So they're just, you just hear about them. Oh, cool. Um, so specifically when she goes to hack them with an axe it's all to do a very clever like lighting mm. and um, projections which is really good very convincing <laughs> um so it's uh, very intense and they do a lot of like well i felt <laughs> they did a lot of staring at at you it oh no what oh no I mean, near the front and there was it was quite a small crowd that day because it was like a tuesday yeah they yeah staring into your soul oh no we don't like it when that (laughs) and it was it was fine but like yes because it's you know it's about all sorts of things but Mm. mostly like murder yeah um it has some similar vibes to six in the way it's staged i would say right and they all carry like a microphone in the holster oh okay so they have very thick they have head mics but they also Every now and then bring out a, oh. just to like really make. Oh. I, I don't know if they're completely necessary, personally. Do you think that was a six influence? Than well, we're going to be like six. So the other six things are they also have glittery in ears, which they have in six, and they ah. have the same kind of boots. And so I was like, oh, there's a lot of six. But I was looking and it it started life in 2009, which is pre-six, isn't it? Oh. But then I suppose that doesn't always mean much because like they could have the like when you look at the six stuff they did in Edinburgh, the mm. costumes and everything is so different. Oh yeah. So I feel like even if Lizzie was before, there might have been a, a crossover influence. Yeah. And I feel like that's not a bad thing. Oh no. Like you know, the music's diff- quite different because it's more well, it's more punk rock. Yeah. So there is more like. Really? The funny thing then, if it's punk rock, they shouldn't have had glittery in their ears. Like that's not very well, punk rock, is it? Well, <laughs> but and also they are in like I guess they are in sick, but they are in authentic costume of the time. Oh yes, 
I really did really enjoy it. It's got some really great songs, and like they, there's a cast recording from oh, years there? ago, but it's the, it's pretty much exactly the same. Okay. So I've listened to that a few times. There's some real bangers. Oh, I need to listen to it. Yeah, you should. Okay. What I found not confusing but interesting is that there's like a song at the end where she's all like, oh, you know, because she sort of might go to prison. She has a court case and then gets mm. found innocent, uh, and then there's a song like, oh, no one will. I don't want people to point and stare at me anymore. And you but, staring at them. But as a viewer, she we know she hacked them to death. Now, I'm not saying they were good. Her, her dad was a nice person. He probably, yeah, he did deserve to be killed. <laughs> I was a bit, it wasn't as clear what the stepmom had done wrong. Right. Apart from like marrying into the family. And because she definitely hacked them to death. Yeah. I was a bit like, like, the song was a bit redundant. Yeah, so we obviously... Do, are supposed to be on her side, uh, and you are, but to a point, but also like, but of course, people are going to point and stare at you. At the yeah. end, they all run off, like <laughs> to the back, to not in, to, to actually outside you the theatre. Message about this. they um, and then they run back on very quickly. They're on a quick change, so they're in like they're, they're. I don't understand. They're in very skimpy clothes. And but you're allowed to like film that bit. They're like, come on, like Larry Six. Six. Yeah, Larry Six. And so I did start filming, but I sort of just stood up and then started filming. Two minutes I was standing filming it. And actually I felt like a creep. It was too long. Because they're in and I don't totally understand why they are in skimpy clothes. I don't I guess if they're trying to be like That's the marketing though, surely. Like, maybe that's how they're doing it. They're trying to go, like, it's a really cool show where yeah. we're all in, like, cool clothes and... I mean, they look cool. They did look cool. But it's... Um, it was an... It was... I found it an odd choice. But I've got I've got it all on film, so perhaps I can... Oh, I need to it watch up. it. Yeah. Okay, so... Actually, let's top up. Uh, oh, we haven't mentioned that... Because, obviously, there's been a couple of times where life has got in the way and things, and we've, we've done non-alcoholic... And we've done different yeah. ones. Well, today, listeners, we are splashing out. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. We have a bottle of Night Timber. And Night Timber is a little favour of ours, I think. Yeah. So uh, not sponsored, but we <laughs> wish we were. <laughs> and so, Naomi, uh, in the spirit of that, I've just topped up your mimosa. Yes. How many mimosas will you give Lizzie? I'm going to give it a solid three. Oh, yeah, nice. Okay, cheers to that. You won't be able to hear it, but cheers. Ding. I kind of felt like that's where you were going, actually, like a solid three. Um, and it is worth listening to the uh, cast album just yeah. because it got some great songs. Maybe, um, this is no disrespect to the director and the choreographer, but maybe if there was a different treatment of the show, it might, like, don't try and be six, like, be yourself. Yeah, maybe that it was wasn't too, like, six. It's just specifically the microphone thing and kind of the way they would dress. Yeah. Really, and that, that bit at the end where you film if you want yeah I think that's weird though the whole like you can film now for two minutes and yeah it's standing up being a weird woman <laughs> filming because I stood up and then Justin stood up with me in solidarity because you know there was you know, like four of us on that row oh no um but it just I felt I started to feel really really awkward so did you just kind of shimmy back down to your seat like what did you do did the whole thing so my review of this month, my own one that I saw was actually with a school trip, uh, which is always nice. So I, I'm very lucky sometimes I get to go on school trips to brilliant bits of theatre as well. Ocean at the end of the lane at the Noel Coward Theatre. Now, 
Ocean has had quite, we could call it Ocean at school. It's very cool. <laughs> and Ocean has had a very long journey because it was meant to open at the national, I think before COVID and then stopped. And then they started rehearsing again in COVID. And there's some really interesting, I love this how some, actually quite a few theatres do this and like the national does this all the time where they put a lot of like behind the scenes footage and interviews and stuff on YouTube and it's really mm -hmm. cool so there's a really nice little YouTube channel called Ocean on Stage that's on YouTube and you just see the kind of journey that this play has been on it's actually um it's a, adapted from the book by Neil Gaiman um who wrote like American Gods and mm -hmm. he does these epic pieces of of theatre and I've realized that actually we're getting a little theme here about being influenced who did what first when I get to that <laughs> with this one so um it's a really like there's a, there's a couple of really great cast members like Trevor Fox is in it who um is a very established uh old actor talking about being children of the 80s I really saw him in Biker Grove oh, and I loved oh. him so he was like the, the the evil dad he was like this evil dad there was like a whole story I then saw him in he was in the original I think he was in the original Curious Incident Dog in the Night Times the Dad yeah. Then I saw him in Pittman Painters by Lee Hall at the, I think that was at the Richmond Theatre. So he keeps popping up on my radar and he is such a good actor. And what was wonderful is that he's his very good friends of my work colleague. And actually he came and chatted to the students, which is so cool. Oh. And I couldn't go. Um, I was so upset because I do follow him and I'm very, I'm a big fan. Anyway, so but it was about the kids. It yeah. was, yeah. It's about, sorry, it's all about the students, not me. Yeah, that got to keep remembering that. Um, anyway, so the, the play itself is all I could say is it's an epic piece of theatre. It's absolutely epic. The whole story is about a, a boy when he's turned into a man dealing with the death of his father, and then he kind of transports back to being a kid again, and kind of what happened when he was younger, when he was twelve where basically he meets this family called the Hemstocks and they are this like magical, you don't really know what they are, but they're like a mother earth kind of witch-like family. Oh. And they have to protect this area that he's living in this like countryside area from these like mythical creatures. Oh. And this is all on stage. And it's set in the eighties as well. And all I can say is, and I think you and I need to go anyway, is that there were so many Stranger Things crossovers mm. in terms of the music itself. It's all that synthesised arpeggio. Isn't it? It's not a musical, though, is it? No, it's not a musical, but it literally has an underscore. Like, it yeah. has a score. Um, it was so... For me, there's this whole debate about tech on stage and how much that plays a role in performances, you know, and, and so many... You know, when I spoke about Frank and Percy before and I was like, it's just acting, you just see mm -hmm. the actors. This was like epic. It was only at the Noel Coward as well, which is not like the massive theatre. It's one of your very standard West End theatres, end on. It transferred from the National, which apparently uh, when they when they did Ocean at the National, it was the three sides, but like what you said with yeah. Lizzie. Um, but yeah, it was just very cool it was a very bare stage and then they brought in like all these bits of set they had these doors that had like led around the doors mm -hmm. and then they kept being brought in and it's the idea of boys escape because basically what happens is they try and get rid of this it's called a flea that's what they call them and they're trying to get rid of this flea and um 
basically ends up infiltrating Boy's family. And it's him and his sister and his dad. And so there's this massive monster on stage when they first like battle this flea. And then he gets like, like bitten or like hot basically I've got the script as well and the way that it's written basically taken from the book is like there is a hole in the ha- in his hand and it's like how do you do that yeah. in theatre okay and the way they've done it there were so many moments there was a moment again I, I'm not sort of giving the game away too much but there was a moment where he's in the bathroom and they did it a lot with like just a bath comes on and a sink and then it's lighting it's literally like a box of light with the door and then at one point, this like hand comes through the bathroom oh. plug hole. So it's really, it's very much like gothic horror as well. It's got that kind of element to it. It just was such a brilliant example of lighting, sound, set, costume, movement, puppetry, all just coming together and bringing this story to light. Mm. So much so, and we know how much I love sound and I know how much I'm obsessed with sound, that there was moments when there'd be whispers and it, felt like there was someone behind us oh. and I wasn't the only person that felt that a lot of my students were like I thought there was an actor behind me so that's really cool that's so they thought so much about bringing it to life there was some illusions in it there was oh, like yeah. it was very cool in terms of the acting it was really it was great you know it was really good there was a lovely moment with the with the son and the and the, um, the father and son I think in terms of it as a play and some of the plays that we've reviewed in the past because it's adapted so true to the book you know it's it's very much about the spectacle it doesn't have the kind of emotional breadth of some other plays that I've seen oh, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, yeah but it was really fun so there was a couple of actors where I was like why are you shouting there was a bit of that however in terms of the production itself it was a really brilliant production such a good example of just how technology have come on and I'm really interested to see what Stranger Things does because I feel like there's a lot of crossover. Their whole score to Ocean in the Lane is on Spotify. And I just think it's very Stranger Things. And they've obviously just really embraced that. Yeah. Which is great. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So I would give it a four mimosa mm-hmm. because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the tech was phenomenal. Um, but for me, obviously the emotional connection wasn't really there. I was very much an outsider watching this production. Yeah. Uh, which is fine, which I thought was great. Okay, Naomi, let's talk about one that we've actually seen together. So we went to the Charing Cross Theatre to see Rebecca. Rebecca the Musical. A musical based on the classic book. Yes. Um, by it's a... oh, Daphne de Maurier. Yes, 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 yes. There was a lot of uh, French references. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. I really wanted to go, so it was my suggestion, mm-hmm. I think, initially. I have to say, I really like the poster. Like, I wanted to say that. I think it's very clever. I think it's yes. a nice, I really, like, the more I know about the play, I'm like, that's a really cool, yeah, yeah it's cool. It's very cool striking marketing. image. It is a very striking image. And we should probably, we've been to Charing Cross Theatre together before. You've been a few times. I have. And I it is a nice theatre. Really you can like the tubes underneath, but I think, I don't mind that. No, I don't. There's a couple of, yeah, there's quite a few, but there's a couple of theatres like that. And you kind of just ignore yeah, it. Yeah, you just yeah. part of the atmosphere. Yeah. Lovely theatre. So, <laughs> okay, so it was it's a musical by Michael Kunz and Sylvester Levey. Um, so it's, I think they're German composers or German yes. writers? Yes, so it was, it's 
very German, and this is the English translation translated by Christopher Hampton and oh, Michael Kunz as well. So, oh, uh, did it. I didn't realize that he does a lot of translating, he's he does a lot of he did uh, the misanthrope and he did okay. Dangerous Liaisons, and oh. he's done a lot. He does that's kind of his thing. So, from the start, some of the lyrics are a little bit ropey, and like <laughs> it's a bit. I think partly because of the translation, probably some things are missed a bit in translation. Possibly, yeah. Okay, should we talk first about the rough plot or do you think people wouldn't? I think let's do a very rough, rough plot. plot. Yeah. So rough plot, this woman, very shy, beautiful voice. My Lovely. lordy, the actress was amazing. The character has no name and they, they don't in the book. They're called uh, referred to as I. Oh, Mrs. De Winter. The, yeah, new Mrs. De Winter as she becomes. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have a first name. Oh, yeah. So she is this very shy lady who meets this guy called Maxim, who, I mean, that word, that, I'm sorry, but the, even the name Maxim, Maxim. like, slightly annoys me, but hey, it's fine. Well, um, bring it up with Daphne. I'll <laughs> bring it up with Daphne. Oh, that might be the name of the podcast. Um, so, yeah, they fall in love, but he's, like, troubled, haunted, haunted by the death of his wife before Mrs. De Winter, the new Mrs. De Winter. Well, they very quickly, so they meet oh, in yeah, France. Oh, yeah, Mrs. De Winter, very quickly doing. But they meet in France. They like Monte Carlo or something. Yeah, like and then, yes, Monica. And then very quickly, like, get married. They have to, like... It's a whirlwind romance. have to get to that point of them being married for her to go to Mandalay. By the time we had, like, two gulps of wine, she was married. They so were married. They were married. Quick. So she's gone to Mandalay and then we we hear more about what happened to Rebecca and why Rebecca was, uh, did she get murdered? Was it yeah, suicide? What, like, what happened? And we have Mrs. Danvers. Oh, we meet Danvers. She loved Rebecca. <laughs> she really did. She really loved Rebecca. Oh, I get this way. Yeah, she really loved Rebecca. I think this is the way the music is written as well. Yeah. Is that... She really loved Rebecca. She really loved her. Um, it really helped, though, that the, the actors who were in it, the woman who played Mrs. Danvers, her voice was insanely she was brilliant. Incredible. She oh, Cara Lane. Cara Lane. And I, she might as well say, Richard Carson was Maxim, Lauren Jones was um, second Mrs. De Winter, and she, Lauren Jones had a lovely, sweet voice. She did. And uh, Cara... Thank God she did, because she sang a lot. She sang all the time. She sang a lot. And so the whole thing, um, and then there's like all these moments where Mrs. Danvers tries to like trick the new mm. Mrs. De Winter, but then Mrs. De Winter gets more confident in her role. Yes. And then at the end, disaster strikes and yeah. Mandalay goes up in smoke. Yeah. And I'm really sorry if that's a spoiler, but I think it's important because we're <laughs> going to talk about it oh. when we're reviewing it. <laughs> okay. Where to start, Naomi? I okay. I think maybe we should start with the curtain that was at the front of the stage the whole time because I have a really good point about this. Yeah. So they, so not the main curtain, but just like Mm -hmm. a curtain they bring across every now and then. Yeah. When thing when they set changes behind it. So there was a lot of set changes, and you could hear the. They do some acting in front of this. uh, Well, do you want to describe it? I mean, it's literally a white, shimmery curtain. Yeah, it's an ugly curtain. It's a really ugly (laughs) curtain. Um, I think they did it because they used a lot of projection, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. I liked the projection. And there was a really lovely moment where it's a duet between Mrs. DeWinter and Mrs. Danvers, where Mrs. Danvers is trying to get Mrs. DeWinter to almost like jump off a cliff. And that moment where the projection was everywhere and it was really mm-hmm. dramatic. And 
the audience kind of just gave a massive round of applause for that because I think that was very much earned. It yes. was a really lovely moment. However, there were moments when Mrs. De Winter would just sit in front of the curtain and there'd be no projection. Yes. And it's it just felt very andrama. I was like, why is she just sitting in front of the curtain? Yeah. There would not be a curtain that she's sitting in front of. She's at, I don't know where she was, but she was talking about Maxim not being ready to go or... What was she talking about? She was singing about something about Maxim. She was waiting for Maxim. And then it was literally just her sat in front of a white yeah, curtain. Like a it was like a net. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, I know budgets are tight. I know, you know, that play, it literally goes in loads, loads of places. And the set, to be fair, the set was cool, actually. It was yeah. clever. It's kind of a way of Oh, yeah, it. I like because it was almost... Like a book. Uh, they, yeah, like a book. So they, and their cast would often spin it round to Ooh. get to the next... Uh, and I thought that was very good. And yeah, they... Yeah, they almost spent too much time in front of that curtain. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, but hey, we know there's... There's other stuff, yeah. And it kind of... It just, it, it, it's going to sound awful. Sound, it, it looked like something I would do as a drama <laughs> teacher at school where we have, like, no time, no budget, and we go, they're just a really nice singer. Let's just put them on the spotlight. Yeah. They'll be fine. The audience will go with that mystery. Yeah. And I was like, but this, it, like... This is professional, and also mm. they had projection. I don't know why they didn't use it. Yeah, just, just put it next it. to her. Yeah. Um. So that was very, very weird. That's the first thing. What do you want to talk about next, Amy? So Maxim de Winter specifically. Mm. I don't know if this is partly because it's a musical. He can sing his feelings. So the that <laughs> character. So normally that character, you don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. It's very haunted. Yeah. Did he murder his wife? Yeah. We don't know. But because it's a musical. He's singing, I didn't murder my wife. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he didn't murder her, but there was an accident. But so we, basically, he sings what happened, so we know, so there's no, like... There's no surprise. So no surprise. No. And actually, yeah, it must have been Tolstoy directed this way, but, like, he wasn't particularly charming. He wasn't no. charismatic. But also, he wasn't really aloof. Like, you either have to be, like, broody aloof... Yeah. ...or charismatic, but then freaking out. With the wife, yeah, and he just like, wasn't sort I, of any. I don't think he knew, but to be fair, I do think that character is quite a hard character as well, and I just don't think the actor yeah. found it. Um, I feel like though the whole singing of everything was mm. also it. It made it very cheesy, and I do remember like at drama school always being like told by Andrew Friesen, like my, my musical theatre teacher, who like did Rada and all, you know, and uh, Royal Academy of Music. He was like a big wig, and he always used to say. The whole idea of a song in a musical is when the when the character cannot speak anymore, and that's where it goes. Mm. And what I hated was that there was this argument between Mrs. De Winter and Maxim, and they sang it. And I was like, "Oh, don't sing it! Don't sing it! Just just act it." Because what was interesting was that then the second half they kind of forgot about all the songs. It became like a play. Well, and didn't we have it? So we were like this first half. It's all right, but it's a bit ropey. And then the second half began, and the beginning of the second half. Yeah. And this did include some of the songs. We were like, oh, yeah. This has suddenly got better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly, like the scene between there was Mrs. De Winter and Mrs. Danvers. Yeah. They had a good song. And yeah. Went a bit of welly into it. Because what's the what's the cliff bit at the end of the second? Was that in the second half? Can't remember now. I can't remember. No. But there was a reason was, why we stayed. We did. Yeah. <laughs> we, did we didn't want to leave. No. Um, but then after like this initial it being good again, yeah, it, it then, then went, sort of went back down. Yeah, yeah. 
And shall we talk about the fire? So Naomi had said to me... I, I got, shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> just, I just jinked it. When we went to get another glass of wine and sat, you know, this is a Friday night. We're doing well. Like, we we were enjoying it. The the, the cast were brilliant. Yeah, like, yeah. In terms of, well, I say, the, the female is... And to be fair, the guy who played Maxine had a lovely voice. Yes. Really good. Like, all the singing was... There weren't cool. a lot of other random male characters in it. Too many men. Oh, I didn't like... Oh, sorry. I wasn't a big fan of um, Mr. Winter's friends. The guy who was like the butler. He was very weak, wasn't he? Yes. I don't know what there he was There was just doing. too many random other characters. Yeah, yeah. That sister and, the, and her husband. Oh, yeah. And then there was like that guy that was like having an affair with the... Oh, yeah, he was horrible. Yeah, he was like a sleazeball. Well, yeah. there was just like too many other men. Yeah. Like, we don't need that many other men. No, no. <laughs> um, do you want to pass me your... I'm going to keep topping you up because I feel like we're still we're still going with this bad boy. Um... So, so the, so basically at the interval, Naomi had said to me, oh, but I had seen like a really cool bit where they do the fire. Yes. And I was like, oh, In cool. the European version. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, I've, I've watched, I've watched a, like a whole documentary on YouTube about Are it. You? There's a whole history to the production of Rebecca. Oh, I need to look at that because I love a bit of it. Well, because they were going to put it on Broadway, but then it turned out the whole thing was fraud. <laughs> anyway, oh. look it up yourself. Ooh. But the big one of the big selling points originally <laughs> was when they the, wanted, the... were pretending to sell it the Broadway was it, yeah, in the German version they set the staircase on fire at the end. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do that no. here. It was like very underwhelming. Yeah, but was it underwhelming because I had said to I you, don't know. It's I don't... on fire, and then it was just like orange light. <laughs> I would like to say I'm not the only person that has. Thought there might it might be on fire and then it found out it wasn't. Like, oh, I've, seen some, like, I've seen some other reviews. Yeah. Fine, and yeah. it, like it didn't. It, it absolutely did not change my opinion of the musical. No, it, it, you know, I shouldn't have like big just assumed. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like that should have been the big moment. Yeah, yeah, and it. Uh, yeah. I mean, there must be a reason they can't like set it on fire, like health and safety. It must just be like yeah, too hard logistically yeah, to do. But then I think you just have to. I don't know. I don't know. It was a bit. Yeah, it was a bit underwhelming at the end. Um, and she just slowly walked up the stairs, and that was yeah. kind of it. And I'm like, bye. Okay, Naomi, what would you give Rebecca? I think I'm still going to give it three. Yeah, I think I agree. I think because I'm going to give it three. They were great. They were the performers themselves. Really good singers. Some of the cars not as strong, but the the three leads, I would say. Well, and I just want to say, not a very diverse cast. <laughs> really not a very diverse cast. Yeah, that's right. And in this point. day and age, yeah. it really stands out. Yeah, diversity cast, guys. Um, but yeah, we had a nice evening. We had a nice time. So we need to mention one more. Oh, yeah. We're not going to review. <laughs> the following Friday, we went to the theatre again. And the idea was, it was to do a review a play that we could then recommend to everyone of our lovely listeners, mm-hmm. all 10 of you, um, <laughs> to see in London over Christmas. Christmas so we thought it's a Christmas, it's Christmas one, we should do it. And it's like, you know, I thought we could have some like Christmas music behind it. We could like superimpose some Christmas stuff, yeah. which maybe we'll do in the edit. Let's just do that. <laughs> so we were, you know, we were very excited to go and see this play called A Sherlock Carol. Yes. I had found this because I was like, I don't know whether we want to go and see a pantomime because Naomi and I are not the biggest fans of pantomime, but I'm thinking maybe next year. Yeah, we might change our tune. We need to, well, we need to just buy the Belen go. We need to just go and see a panto. A good one. 
I think that's a, a popular, palladium, a palladium yeah, panto, yeah, exactly, yeah. not the central hall. Um, so we, so I found this play that had transferred from Broadway. I might add, I just, or like had been on Broadway or something like it, and it comes back. You really sold it. To I me. did. I did. Um, I think it's a bit pressure when you find your own things. A bit like Rebecca. We oh yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but basically, the other thing was it was a nice, it was a new venue that we'd never been to. So it was the Mar. Well, I say we'd never been to. Yeah. You said you'd been before. Well, so it's now called the Marylebone Theatre. But I used to years ago go there to rehearse from a choir I was in. Nice. Um, but they've done it up. Like it was always yeah. a kind of it had theatre seating. Yeah. But it was I think belonged to a school. Oh, right. Whereas now it's very much a theatre. Yeah, and it's got, like, real... When you walk in, it's got real, like, church vibes a little bit. And it's, yes. like, yeah. There's not really... A, I would say they were selling mulled wine, but I don't know if they would normally have a bar. No, I don't think so. So we we were very excited. We were like, we're going to go... For, oh, we have got a recommendation. Yeah. We're going to go for dinner, and then we're going to go to see a Sherlock Carol. And the whole idea was it was, like, Sherlock Holmes mixed with a carol it's like a christmas carol like a sequel to a christmas carol yes where scrooge has been murdered yeah and sherlock holmes it's already arrested moriarty and so yeah, moriarty's yeah. like haunting him so it had mixed reviews when i probably looked yeah, i realized i well no we sound like we're reviewing it we're not supposed to be oh well i know um <laughs> we'll tell you why we're not reviewing it in a minute um but i i think i'd really focused on the positive reviews rather than the negative ones there was a kind of a mix. Anyway, uh, let's talk about what we did before we went to the yes. theatre. We found the most amazing restaurant. And I'd say because we were going to theatre, it's right near Baker Street. So actually, it's not an area you'd necessarily, we wouldn't normally go to no, the theatre. No, although good for Regent's Park, open yeah, air theatre. So really good for Regent's Park, open air theatre. Really good for Mar- Marlebone Theatre. So we're not normally in that area. So it actually is nice to be in that Marylebone area mm. it's quite fancy yeah it's very fancy so we went to a vegan restaurant called yeah. wolf and lamb and that was lovely they were so nice they were so nice and, and we were such like old women like about how excited we were to be there like telling them because <laughs> they wanted us <laughs> she actually she did ask us how we found how out, we found out about, yeah how did she find us yeah <laughs> But also what was nice is on open table, there was some really good deals. So we mm-hmm. got a free glass of Prosecco yes. after we had a main meal. And it's all, so I had the, what did I have? Oh, uh, the Wellington. You had the Wellington, Beetroot Wellington. Oh yeah. So I had the Beetroot Wellington and then Amy, you had the curry, didn't you? Thai green curry, yeah. Oh gosh, and they were so delicious. Yeah. It was absolutely lovely. The wine is quite expensive if you don't get the house wine and then they didn't have a bottle of house wine. So... We just had a glass. We were very good. And then we had our glass of Prosecco. Yeah. So we'd had like a lovely meal. Yes. It was very cold that night. It was it a was really cold. cold night. And we'd gone to the Marlebone Theatre. We walked in and there was Christmas music yeah. playing. We very much got in spirit. Got a mulled wine. Got a mulled wine that you got a free mince pie with. But as Naomi pointed out, it was quite expensive. They should have bought this pie. And I don't eat mince pies, so Emma got had two. I, I had two mini ones. I had two mini mince pies. Um, and the mild wine was very nice. That was my first mild wine of the season. Same, yeah. Very happy. And like they had their tree up, the music. Yeah. That was the first Christmas thing um, we'd experienced. Yeah. Probably. And then we went in. We had good seats. We had very good seats. I sorted out, we were like third row from the front in the centre. 
And so the show started at mm -hmm. 7.30 and I looked at my watch at seven minutes past eight. Yeah. And then you looked I at yours. four minutes past. <laughs> the cast were good, weren't they? Yes. Like for the most part, I most would say. Part. I wasn't a big fan of Sherlock. Sherlock, so. um, for Call the Midwife fans, the person that plays Sherlock plays the police officer in Call the Midwife, the one that married Miranda Hart, that guy. Oh, yes. Um, I really didn't like him. I thought you. To be oh. honest, in Call the Midwife, he's got a. He seems like he got. Um, oh. Maybe anyway. that's what. Oh, I can't want to put that know. out. I don't know if that's. No, put it in. Who cares? He wants to sue us. He can listen to the But we also had an. I I had another very weird experience with an <laughs> audience member. So I sat. I sat next, obviously next to Naomi, but the other side. Uh, there was this guy who was just on his phone and just like doing his thing and didn't I think get. He was with a child as well. I think he might have been with a child. We think. He'd been sat there since we turned up. And to be fair, we were a bit later because we were well, going we to come on by. We in just before yeah. that. Because and we, we didn't have... realise. And we didn't realise we were right in the middle of the seat. So yeah, that was yeah. annoying. Um, but basically, as soon as the play started... Well, we play, there's like an announcement that says, ho, ho, ho. Uh, please don't it actually put says, your phone away don't, put and your don't, away do and your don't rustle your sweet yeah it says that yeah yeah <laughs> and what does he do he gets out a subway sandwich <laughs> and, it and he tries to unwrap it <laughs> it starts a subway and I don't even know I don't even I, I don't even know it is a subway but you can recognize the wrapping <laughs> I'm like, he's getting out of bloody subway. Oh, he wasn't successful in eating it. No, it? he gave up. It was too noisy. I think it might have been me shuffling angrily in my chair. I could not believe it. He was trying. And you know how audience, and I, oh, this is such my pet peeve. I hate this so much with audiences. When you try and do it really slowly to not make oh, sounds. And it's just like, just don't open it. I'm sorry. The first act is probably going to be like an hour. You can cope with an hour. Yeah. And so you've been sat there. Why didn't you eat it before it started? Do you reckon he didn't because he was worried that the like the just told him yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so that was just one of a many. But he, to be fair, he stopped. He did. Like that was just a, a couple, a few minutes at the beginning. Yeah, but we were both like that's weird. So anyway, listeners, basically, we decided to leave at the interval. Yeah. We made the decision. I just, oh, the way that the writing was going, mm. I, I just, I found that it was like a panto, but not a panto. It wasn't and, oh, funny. No, it was tr trying to be funny, and bits of it was slightly amusing, but it wasn't funny enough. No, mm -mm. I'm not worried about how it might end. No, no, I wasn't. It's obvious. I reckon the, the murderer is probably the, the housekeeper, housekeeper. But to yeah. be fair, I don't actually care. Yeah. I don't really care. On the website, it's like, oh, family friendly. But actually, I can't imagine with any children finding that fun and boring as the adults were enjoying it. Adults generally have to just stay. Yeah. But like, if you took a kid to that, very, do you know what though? This is the whole thing about the, you know, I mean, we talk about this a lot on our podcast, don't we, about leaving a theatre and, you know, do you, do you not leave a theatre? And I don't. I'm not advocating for leaving a theatre. No. Absolutely not. But, but, <laughs> as one of my colleagues said to me over lunch when I was kind of chatting about the podcast and chatting about leaving theatre, she was like, I just feel I'm a bit too stingy with my money. And I just turned around and said, I'm a bit stingy with my time. Yeah. 
And I just feel like if you can be, you know, what we ended up doing was going for a drink at the Globe, which was a nice old pub. That was fine. We ended up having a good little debrief. And then we went home at like 20 past nine. I was home by a quarter to ten. And it's not like we demanded our money back or anything, just to be clear. No. We'd paid for the tickets, we'd bought a mulled wine, yeah. and we left halfway through. We've probably done more than what a lot of people did, yeah. actually. No, we've paid our dues. Yeah, we probably were there, we supported it. So, uh, Naomi, I have a big theatre question for you, because we are running out of time, and uh, we are enjoying the night in, but so much that we are chatting lots. So, apologies, everyone, lots we will her. cut lots, don't worry. Um, so, I was originally going to ask you about pantomime, but actually... We both kind of made an agreement that we, we've not seen enough recent pantomime to have an opinion on it. We have a lot yeah. of old thoughts about it and we feel like we need to go again. So I think we'll save that for next year. Yeah. We'll be around next December and we will do a proper pantomime special. Maybe we'll do like a load of pantomimes we review. Oh my God. Oh my God. Could we do that? I mean, I think we could. We just have to have a lot of wine. We'll be fine. So, but but my my question is kind of linked to it in a, in a way. So obviously pantomime and the whole style of pantomime is about audience interaction. And I feel like there is more theatre, specifically now actually, that really does rely on that audience engagement or just, you know, I've seen a lot of plays where they'll suddenly be like interacting with the audience a lot. So my question is, how much does audience interaction enhance a show? Mm. For you personally. (laughs) For me personally, I hate it. (laughs) Why do you hate it? I love it. I, Lee's exactly the first thing that comes to mind, like the crown jewels. Oh yes. Oh god. Yeah. Fine. And like Almari, like yeah, Almari, like talking to the audience. But personally, I think that sometimes it goes on too long. Yeah. And I'm not here to see. Yeah. That's not what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> you entertain me. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. No offence. I don't care about members of the public. No. I don't care about their lives. Maybe that's the thing, actually. It's actually about the audience themselves. Like, when you're interacting with an audience, you're then bringing them in. Mm. And sometimes they're not funny and they're not engaging. Yeah, I feel like there needs to be, for for an audience interaction or an an immersive kind of reaction to the audience and stuff, the actors need to be fully in control. But also there needs to be that time restraint. I feel like Al Murray interacting was too long. Well, that I think that's what added on all that time. Yeah, and I was very we thought, we talked about as we that. said, we thought it'd end early. Yeah. However, police cops. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, yes. <laughs> and a little side note, it's coming back. Woo-hoo. So listeners, if you've not been to police cops, um, it's coming back to the Southwark Playhouse in March. I am pretty oh, thrilled for them. Probably going to see it again. We oh my god, 100 percent let's go and see it again. Yeah. Um I might bring, let's bring people. Let's do like a big group of us. Let's bring everyone. Who wants to come with us? Let me know. Let us know and come with us. Um, But I'm so pleased that they're going back. Um, But they they had such a clever way. Yes, they are in control of that. Totally in control of that. Also, they didn't speak. They didn't get given a microphone. Yes. Nothing. But then there are other things. So I really love an immersive experience. Mm -hmm. I like, (laughs) Naomi's like, Mm-hmm. Emma, of course you do. And um, I love Punch Drunk. Uh, I've, I don't know if I've talked about Punch Drunk a lot on this podcast yet, but so Punch Drunk are all about this immersive experience, but yes. the idea that the audience are totally, you are in control of what you see and what you go and see. And I really want to take you to a Punch Drunk because it's not like an interaction like you know 
from theatre. Because like, I'm thinking, not that I've ever been, but like the London Dungeons. Mm. That sort of, uh, that I would hate. Yeah, it's <laughs> not essentially that. I mean, you get, potentially with Pudge Stroke, you can get pulled into a one-on-one, which I would love to do, but I've oh. never... I never, but you would hate that. that. Yeah, yeah, you like, would love that. I know, I would. This, so what's interesting is because I, 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 you know, I teach punch drunk and stuff at school as well. Is that there's this kind of unwritten, well, not unwritten rule. There's a there's a rule where if an actor is going to engage with you in a one-on-one they will hold out their hand to you, and so it's the idea of consent that you yeah. consent to be taken. And if you don't, then you oh, walk away. reminds me of a time. You know when you were in Salad Days? Yes. And there's that bit where they do dance with members of the... Oh, yes. Um, so one of the dancers did hold his hand out to me. Mm. And I absolutely <laughs> did not move. <laughs> he had to just sort of... He went... He slid over to the person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's... I mean, that... that Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I've uh, seen it in action. <laughs> there you go. So I think... I think... So do you think it does enhance the play or not? So something like well, so I feel like I think punch, it depends. Yeah, so punch drunk they rely on yes, the it, whole immersive experience. That's it enhances their production. But in terms of play, so I've seen so many more recently, like pub plays and things like that, where they then so the play that my friend Lauren was in, which is Business for Love, which I haven't actually talked about on the podcast, so it's worth giving her a shout out. In the changeovers between scenes, they got the audience to be doing things. And like that was fun and 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 a nice way of doing it. The whole play wasn't interactive, but that those bits were. So I suppose that's my question. I and things like you said that um uh Oklahoma had that interaction. Oh yeah, and they're in control of that, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Ado Annie like comes to the front row, she made a woman move out of her seat so oh. she could sit next to a man. Oh, interesting. That was there. Mm. So did that enhance it? Well, that was quite fun, but but, but I, that was fun because I wasn't on the front row. And, and also there's this bit where the peddler throws a drink in the faces of people on the front row. And when I saw it, it was these two older ladies and they were very angry. But, I mean, you would be angry. I think you would have been so angry. You're going to sit on the front row. You've got to explain. I know, I know. Um, it worked really well. Like, he was like, he, he loved it. So that yeah, but I yeah, I wouldn't want it to happen to me. But that is why I wouldn't sit the front. So why why do you think with Oklahoma they they did all of that stuff? Like because obviously Oklahoma itself is such a time. I say timeless. It's not a timeless musical, but it's like such a classic musical. They obviously did this whole modern update of it, didn't they? Yeah. Why did they feel they had to include an audience? Do you do you think? I mean, it's a very uh, in your face right. kind of version. I it was brilliant. Because they he did that the drink throwing of the Facebook was when there's like a whole raucous party going right. on. They're all drinking beers. Okay. And he just like it's not he he just does it. He's not the main in that he's not in a scene. Oh right, just mean it. You're not really meant to be focusing on him. That just happens at the side. Right. So it's almost I wonder whether the whole idea of enhancing a production with the audience interaction is to bring them into the play. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I mean, I feel like with Rebecca having the audience, like having the ac- actors in the audience enhanced that moment for us, made us feel part of it. Yes, because they're that, but one of them was being like an ice cream seller and he came Yeah, oh, she did. So like please. for us ice cream. I don't know what he'd have done if we'd taken it because he, he actually needed it to, pounds, he actually please. needed to sell it to the the characters on yeah. the Yeah. Imagine if someone because he was selling them for 50 pounds. <laughs> selling these ice creams for 50 pounds. If someone had got a 50 pound note out, I don't know what he'd done. Because then the ice cream seller then sold it to the character. I mean he did have three, so perhaps that yeah, was like that an, was an extra one just <laughs> yeah. but I suppose so I suppose in answer to our big question, 
I think it does enhance it to a certain degree to bring the audience into the world of the play. Oh, I was thinking another thing we saw at Charing Cross mm. was ushers. Yeah. Um, and there's ushers at the door. And, and they, they were the actors, weren't they? They were the actors. And they had a poster up saying, coming soon, musical with Michael Ball and Sheridan Smith. And you asked the ushers, yeah. like, oh my God, is that real? And they were like, oh, you'll have to find out. And then when it started, they suddenly started singing. And we're like, oh my God, we fell for it. Yeah. And that was actually very... Effective. And that's the same with things like the play that goes wrong. We bumped into the... Oh. <laughs> Chris Bean's hand. <laughs> so Chris Bean, like, came in and, and he was like, how are you doing? We were like, we're fine, thank you. And then you. look as though the thing is that they're looking for a dog, aren't they? Like, that's it, they're um, looking for a random the dog. The tech guy is looking, he's got posters. But I think that's the thing with Panto, isn't it? It's all about the audience-actor relationship the panto because it relies on that so much yeah but it relies on people's responses and the audience playing a role whereas actually what we both appreciate is when the audience don't speak yeah. or there might be that little bit of interaction but like that interaction that we had with Chris Bean, no one else saw that yes but that was great for us well talking of theatre because we are going to now finish soon because obviously the night him oh has God. made us talk into the <laughs> night um <laughs> we are going to do and i know so many of you are so excited about this do refrain from you know booking a whole day off work just to follow us on this whole challenge that we are doing we are doing what challenge naomi hashtag uh tina turner ticket challenge <laughs> yeah um so just elaborating on last podcast, we are going to go on the 13th of December to yes. see Tina Turner the musical. Well, we hope we are. We hope we are. We have been looking, we've been researching recently okay. again about the Tina Turner tickets. And even now, for sort of stall seats, if you sat on your own, yeah. they are at least 35 cheaper if not half i.e 60 pound mm -hmm. cheaper in the stores so we are going to keep an eye on this in the next two weeks and then when we turn up to the theater at right what time are we going to decide i think 20 past seven or do 20 that no, fifth quarter past seven quarter past seven okay between 10 past and quarter past <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are going to turn up between 10 past and quarter past seven to the box office. We're going to turn mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. to those security guys who check your bags and then say, have you got your tickets? And we're going to say, no, we're going to buy them at the box office. And we are going to go to the box office and just say, we don't mind not sitting on our own. How much are we going to say we have? Are we going to say 30 pounds? Should we start with 30? <laughs> yeah, we're going to haggle. <laughs> yeah. We start with 30, but if they say, what, 50? I mean, this is Tina Turner. This I is like, are we going to look at doing good seats, folks? I'm like good seats. to go up to 60. Okay, so we keep seeing 60 as being like quite a nice yeah. medium. And these tickets are normally £125. Yeah. So we are going to, okay, and it is Christmas. We'll treat ourselves. Yeah. So we are oh, going we, to start. We'll always treat we'll, okay, we'll do always treat ourselves. <laughs> um, we're going to start at 30, and then yeah. we will up to up to 60 well because we won't right we won't say no this is what we want. we'll say 30 we'll say, we'll say what, what have you got what's the best price that we can get for tonight and like, they know what they're doing don't they like the box office they have yeah this happens to them every day so and they'll, we'll they'll, they'll give us we'll say we're a very fun audience we laugh loads we clap yeah. loads we, we're very well we won't, cause a fight. we won't cause fight. i really hope there is a fight when we go there oh. apparently tina turner like brings it out on the west yeah someone from my work 
saw a fight there the other day. I know, whatever. Um, <laughs> what are these people doing? But yeah, we are going to turn up at 13 minutes past <laughs> And we are going to say to box office, what can you give us? Yeah. And we will tweet it. We will reel the whole experience. Yeah. We're going to find a lovely restaurant to go to before, hopefully. Uh, or at yeah. least somewhere to go for pre-drink. We'll go for a nice pre-drink so we can recommend that. Um, so do follow along and let's see what happens. And the worst case scenario, we can't get in and then we go and have another drink somewhere. We've got the evening free. Um, but yeah, we're very excited for the Tina Turner Chicken Challenge. I think it's going to be a very interesting experiment. Yeah. And if there's any other experiments like this that people want us to try, as I say, I feel like the whole box office turning up is interesting. We've even looked, we even looked today at Hamilton. We did, did a little yeah. bit of research just before today. For, so we were recording this on a Saturday at like 12 o'clock and the show at 2.30, mm-hmm. the tickets are still very expensive. Yeah. They are a little bit cheaper, but not the same way that I think, Tina Turner I'd say, is. Yeah, Hamilton seems to still be a very hot mm, ticket. Mm. Tina Turner's been on less, been on for less. Not long, no, not at all. But I feel like this is something to really look at is that actually I feel like the West End staples, mm-hmm. I call them, the ones that are there for longer than, say, seven weeks, I, I don't think they're selling as much. And yeah. I feel like as London theatre people, you don't need to book in as yes. advance what, as we used to. Yeah, what we think is, yeah, you if you're London-based and you want to see the yeah. show... You don't need to worry about doing it weeks no. in advance. No, especially those ones that are going to stay there. So I feel like, you know, things like Stranger Things, at the moment, you probably can't get tickets. Yeah. Um, the only other one that, again, I'm going to keep my eye on because I'm annoyed at how expensive the tickets are to Moulin Rouge. Oh, yes. Moulin Rouge, so many people have said to me, it's all star, no substance. Well, but I read a thing because of, it costs a lot to put on because of the amount of rights they have to pay for because of all the different songs. Oh, oh yeah. Why? yeah, I read that in Pop Bitch. So, okay, that's kind of interesting because I remember looking, I was like, let's look at on the day tickets for Moulin Rouge. There was four together in the stores, £300 each. <gasps> Where are I'm you? like, what are you paying? Is that at? the most expensive theatre ticket? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> we'll leave that with you, everyone. Well, um, this will be our last podcast for 2023. Thank you, everyone, for supporting us. And have a very, very, very Christmas. And follow us. Follow us on the 13th of December, because that will be fun. But yeah, have a very Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye.